Hello guys and thank you for listening and watching another episode of Live Free Podcast where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. Listen, I have a word today and as you've seen from the title, it says Boaz stand up. God is calling the Boazes from the background to the foreground. It is your time to shine guys. And so again, when I heard this word, this is part two of part one of the esters and he said do the second part with Boaz so I'm doing the second part out of obedience to God <clears throat> I do believe that I have a word from the Lord and I do believe that God is speaking to us in this day and time it's, it's just not uh, the women but he's also speaking to the men he's speaking loudly and clearly and he's bringing his Boaz's up from the background to the foreground and God has a word because he has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose and a destiny for you. He has an Esther for you. He has blessing for you. And the Bible says that when a man finds a wife, he receives favor from the Lord. So today, Lord is wanting me to hone in on his favor for your life. So God has began to deal with me in the scriptures. And... He specifically said, a mighty man of valor, a mighty man of valor. What is a mighty man of valor? It is a warrior, a man that has a warrior spirit, a man of honor, a man of bravery, a man of strength, and a man of courage. So today, God is having me hone in on the different scenarios and the different men in the Bible um, that he will begin to speak about, which is uh, of course, King Solomon, he's going to begin to speak about Samson and Delilah. He's going to speak about all these different relationships in the Bible as it relates to us in this modern day and time. What does that look like in this day and time for the current situations and the current seasons and circumstances that we're in? We know that God wants to clean us up on the inside first, and he wants to do a work and a circumcision in our hearts. But today, man, God is... Is, is bringing, is saying arise. He's bringing you from the background to the foreground. For there has been a deep, a deep um, uh, thing in, in the hearts of men and God wants to bless you with your Esther. Because see, a lot of times we as women will think that it's only a woman that wants to be married. But God, the word of God says, it's not good for men to be alone. So this not only go for women, but it also go for men. Because the two are better returned for their work. The two are better than one. And the two can bring more things to pass. You know, and, and the Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree, right? So God wants to bring a helpmate that is suitable for the man. He wants to bring you your favor and your blessing that you have been waiting for secretly or even open publicly. So God has taken me to a few scriptures here, right? And he's wanting me to look at uh, the women in the Bible because we know that women has been always been men's weakness because men are visually stimulated. Women internalize men, ver women verbalize men internalize and men live morely, more so in their head. They are visually stimulated. So these are the things or kind of the, the pitfalls and the things and the roadblocks that the enemy would like to put in the way of a man 
to keep him from being blessed and to keep him from having God's best. Because he, we men see first with their eyes before they say can say a word to you. They they're seeing first with their eyes because they're visually stimulated creatures, right? So God is having me to hone in on the different relationships in the Bible where women that's operating in manipulation and witchcraft have been sometimes the downfall or the weakness of a man. But God is saying in this hour that that because things come, temptation does come. It's not a reason to fall for temptation just because it comes. So, But God, I believe, is wanting to strengthen your heart. He's wanting to bless you. He's wanting to um, break some things off today. And he's wanting to you to hone in on his presence because in his presence is the fullness of joy. And that's where you're going to get your direction. That's where you're going to get instruction. And that's where you're going to get... Um, your direction as to who you are to marry because God has a plan for your life and that plan includes a spouse. This word is not for everybody, but it's for the men that has been praying to God for spouses, the men that has been aligning themselves with the kingdom of heaven. But there are some things in your past and some things in your childhood that God do want to deal with. And sometimes that can be a hindrance or disruption as to why we're not receiving the things that God wants for us. And sometimes because of that, we can't even see we're spiritually blind. And if God put your spouse in your path, you wouldn't even be able to see her because other things that you have not broken off or have things that have not fallen off you, even as a child. So God wanted to let you know today that whatever the enemy meant for bad, that he's going to make it work for your good because he's going to break some things off and he's going to position you and to position you in, in an area of leadership where you're able to lead your family, lead your, lead your wife, lead your children. And there's no condemnation. Even those that have been divorced, God said there's no condemnation. We repent and we get back in line, right? So God wants to deal with some things and he's wanting to deal with the eyes because the Bible says the eyes are the window to the soul, right? And deal with the things that have happened in your childhood and deal with the things that have happened to you as a child that is keeping you from progressing and moving forward. And again, like I said in the other video, you can't go forward while looking back. Because sometimes in order for you to see the woman or the wife that God has for you, you have to be willing to see women in the way God sees them, right? So sometimes women, uh, unfortunately, can be the downfall or the weakness of a man. But again, I say again, that's no excuse because we all have been tempted, right? The Bible says there's no temptation that has seized you except that which is common to man. But when you're tempted, hallelujah, God will provide a way of escape, even as he did for Joseph. When Joseph was in the Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife wanted to come and seduce him, he ran out of his jacket. He ran out of the house because sometimes with things and with women and with temptation, it's, it's not enough to just talk or to entertain it, right? Sometimes God is requiring you to flee out of the situation, to run in the other direction. And Joseph has such a love for God. He has such a, um, a heart for, for Jesus that he did not even want the conversation to manifest. 
right? So he ran out. He fleed the situation. And some of us are not fleeing. You know, some of us are entertaining things that we shouldn't be entertaining, right? Even in, a, even in the area of marriage, if you're a married man, there's some relationships that God is not even wanting you to entertain. I know for me, I had a lot of, a uh, few married men that were friends and God told me to cut those relationships off. Why? Because God do not want you to be, or us to be a stumbling block to a marriage. And, and the Bible says that adultery is not only physical, that if you even look at a woman with lust, that you have committed that adultery. So sometimes having a female friend can be a hindrance and a disruption to your already married men or even a disruption to men that God is trying to put your wife in your path. But because you have such a bond and a connection, hallelujah, it's hard for him to form a bond with your kingdom spouse because the bond and connection that God wants you to have with your kingdom spouse, you already have that bond and connection with a female friend in a way that it shouldn't be. So sometimes God will remove these people, right? He'll remove these people from your life. And, and, and it's not that you can't have female friends, right? That's not what it's about. But it's about honoring God and it's about being in right position so that when he do bring your kingdom spouse, it's not in direct conflict with the relationships that you already have. So you can have those relationships, but they have to be in the order that God wants them to be in. He doesn't want you to be bound because you, you will find that some men are so bound to their female best friends, right? that they can't even have that same bond with their wives or with their uh, fiancés because they have already formed that bond with another woman that is not that God has not called them to. And even when things look innocent, and I'm telling you from experience because I had married men as friends, right? But I'm telling you right now, it, a bond will form that God never intended to form because that bond is only supposed to be for your wife. And the way I see this is if you're already married, if you are not able to have the same conversations, right, with your wife, it being a presence that you're having with those female friends, if you're not able to have um, the female friends be friends with the wife or with the fiance without there being conflict or competition or then something's wrong with the relationship. Because nothing should be of secret when God is in it. When God is in it, all hearts are clean and hands are pure, right? Hands are laid clean. We don't, we don't secretly have conversations that we shouldn't have or share things that we shouldn't share. Because now we're forming bonds with people in a way that God has never intended us to form only with the spouse, right? So God want, is wanting me to deal with that. Deal with that um, divine order, I should say. God is wanting to align you and, and put you in the divine order so you can be in a direct alignment with his blessing. I didn't say perfection because we're not perfect people. But when we know better, we do better. And when the Holy Spirit begins to highlight things, we have to humble ourselves and we have to realign ourselves with what God is saying to us so that he can release that, which is what he wants to release. And because sometimes the enemy knows this and he will have you to entangle yourself with a yoke of bondage or with a bond, a bond that God never intended for you to have with a specific person. And I'm going to even go as far as to say with another man. 
Sometimes men can form bonds, bonds with other men that, that is ungodly, whether it be homosexuality, whether it be even just a godly bond that you, sh you have more trust and faith in your, your guy friend than you do in, the spouse, in your spouse. And that's, that's not of God as well. Sometimes we think because people are of the same sex, right? We think because they have the same sex that it's okay. Now, God would bring divine relationships, but I'm telling you right now, just even as I talk about leaders in the church, a divine relationship is exactly what it is. A divine relationship is one that is sent by God, right? So that means that that divine relationship is not going to come between you and your spouse, and it's going to point you back to Jesus, and it's going to point you in the direction that you should go. It's not going to form a bond with you to bond against your family, right? So we have to be very careful because the enemy is very crafty and he's conning. And he will use a same-sex relationship to turn you away, turn you away from the things that God would have you do with your family or put you in direct alignment with your spouse, right? So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So the Bible says that it's not good for man to be alone, that he will bring a helper that is suitable. Right? So there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Those are two different things. So according to, what is it? First Chronicles, God gave me 12 and 21. It says, and they helped David against the bands of raiders for they were all mighty men of valor and they were captains in the army. For at that time they came to David, David to help him until he was a great army like the army of God. God will send you friends, guy friends that are mighty men of valor. Men that honor God, men that honor the call of God on your life, men like David was, Jonathan and David was, they were divinely brought together by God, but it was in a way that God, that pleased God, right? You can have those divine relationships, but those divine relationships have to please God, right? So we're strictly talking about the men right now, strictly talking about that. So let's talk about it, right? Men are visual. And I don't think men actually look, right? So the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds favor from God, right? So men are visual. And I don't really think the scripture, I sense that God is saying when a man finds a wife, he finds a wife, but not in the sense of going to look for a wife. God will put the desire in the heart of a man to, to have a wife. But what I believe this, that, that scripture is saying is that when the wife is presented, and how do we know this? Because we're looking back at Adam and Eve, right? Adam didn't go looking for Eve. God created Eve. And when Eve was presented before Adam, Adam recognized that she was his wife. So I believe that what God is saying is when the wife is presented, when God bring you together, right? And he, she is presented something supernaturally happens, right? And the and the man recognizes who she is by the spirit, right? And I believe that's that's what God is saying in this time. We don't look as women, we don't look as men, but when God has presented the wife like he did to Eve, he presented her to Adam and he immediately recognized this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He knew that this was his wife. And like I said before in the last video, we don't, we don't, uh, when a man finds a wife, we don't run after, we know that God is going to present 
these people, you know, for us, right? So let's talk about women. So women has always been men's biggest weakness. You see this in the Bible and it started in the garden, right? It started in the garden, um, the influence that the woman had over the man. So in the garden, we know the story of Adam and Eve and then the serpent, you know, told the, the woman to eat the, the fruit from the tree, right? And he told the woman to eat the fruit from the tree, you know, and, and then if you go down to uh, Genesis chapter 17, right? We're in the book of Genesis chapter, I mean, sorry, verse 17, it says to Adam, he said, this is God talking to Adam because you listened to your wife and you ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. So the operative word is when God says to Adam, you listened to your wife and you ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you. God gave the instructions to the man not to eat the fruit, right? Don't eat the fruit. He said, I instructed you. And even though you were influenced by her, you didn't follow my instructions. We miss that sometimes when we read in that verse. So, you know, of course, the curse came upon man because of the disobedience. And so we see that the weakness has always been like that, right? It has always from the beginning, right? And then we even go to the story of Samson and Delilah. And we go to the story of Samson and Delilah. And this is a powerful story. And the reason why this is a powerful story, because Delilah was operating in the spirit of manipulation and witchcraft. And we see that a lot, you know, when it comes to the enemy and how he would use women to bring men down or to split a marriage. That he would use them to um, manipulate, right? Because Samson fell in love with Delilah. But the Philistines wanted to know Samson's strength. And the only way they could know that is through using a woman to get the information out of Samson. And eventually, you know the story in the book of Judges chapter 16. And it talks about how she kept trying to go to him to get the information. And finally, of course, Samson gave up the information and he told her where his strength lies. And that was his biggest downfall. And at the end, we know the story that Samson died, um, but not before God allowed him to get revenge on the Philistines for taking his eyesight out. And we see that how it, even in... King Solomon and how he fell prey to the different women that God forbid him not to marry. See, this. See, I think God puts this in the word. Matter of fact, I know by the spirit he does because there are certain people that God do not want you to be entangled with. There are certain lineages and generations of people that may seem right in the natural, but there is spiritual ramifications for joining yourself to wrong, the wrong lineage and the wrong women. You see this even in the book of uh, Genesis or when Abraham and Sarah, when God starts speaking to Abraham and how this man was trying to get with Sarah and God told that, that man, not, don't touch Sarah. And then the man came and said you know, to God, hey, wait, this man told me that this woman was his sister. But no, that's his wife. And God forbid him not to even touch her. It's certain people that God would tell you not to join with spiritually because there's a reason for that. 
There's people that would lead you astray. He know that those generations are wicked and that they will lead you astray and off the beaten path of the purpose and plan for God. And it will be your destruction and your downfall. So this is why we can't visually judge a book by its cover. And I know in modern day and time and the things that are going on in this world right now, sometimes we will look at things from a, a lens of hurt and from a lens of abuse, or maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your mom. And I always say, go back to childhood. I always say, go back to the beginning, go back to the beginning, because God wants to break those things that have tried to ail you and tried to keep you off the beaten path, the spirits of seduction, the sp spirits of sexual immorality. The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the only way that the empowerment comes is through the power of grace of the Holy Spirit has to give you that strength because we can't do anything in and of ourselves, right? And the enemy will always lay it out and make it pretty and make it just the way you like it. Why? Because what we have to realize is, <clears throat> as human beings is that that when we're born, we're born, God assigns guardian angels to us, right? But we have to know that the familiar spirits grow up with us and that the enemy knows you inside and out and he knows what you like and what you don't like and he put it just right in front of you. So now, instead of you looking at it with the lens of Christ, you're looking at it through the lens of lust. And because you're looking at it through that lens, now the enemy is using something to seduce you and deceive you. And we see this with Samson and Delilah. She manipulated him and she gained the insight and the wisdom into what God told him was his strength, which was his hair. And that was his downfall and it caused him to be killed. So we have to be very careful because we have the enemy will send people to destroy your destiny, all based on a feeling. We have to be um, slow to anger, abounding in love and know that 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 the enemy sends, he's very cunning and he's crafty. He'll send exactly what he think you like. This is why once the mind and the heart is renewed, what we think we like, we no longer like because God begins to put the desires of what he has for us in our hearts. So now when that same thing come again, it don't work because God has renewed the mind and he has restored the soul, right? So we go back to childhood. We go back to those things if you didn't have a good relationship with your mom. All of these things play a part in the things that you bring into a marriage. So when you marry a person, and I said this before in another video, you're marrying a problem, you're marrying a flawed individual. But with Christ being the center for both parties, it's an easier thing. See, the Bible says submit to Christ, right? And then husband submit to Christ and then wife submit to husbands. There's order to this thing, but you, you can't submit. It's hard for people to submit or a woman to submit to something, uh, a guy or a man that hasn't submitted to Christ. So it's not enough to just pay the bills because a lot of men would think that that's what it's all about, paying bills, right? But like I said in the other video about women, it's more to a marriage than a man not cheating on you. It's more to a marriage than a man just paying the bills. A man has to show up and be present in the life of his family, in the life of his spouse, in the life of his children. It's not enough to pay the bills. Paying the bills is just one part of it, right? That's not all of it. And the only reason why I say that is because sometimes that's the way a man defines himself. He defines himself based on his work. And your identity should be coming from Christ, who Christ says you are, right? Because God is ultimately your provider, right? So when we have 
uh, put ourselves in alignment with the kingdom of heaven and knowing that we submitted to Christ and Christ is our provider, then responsibility that sometimes men carry can now be redirected to putting a burden on Christ. Because if God has called you to it, he's going to provide. Wherever God guides, he provides. If he's called you to have a family, he's going to help you provide for that family. If he's called you to have children, he's going to help you to put them through school and he's going to do that. But as long as you think it's your responsibility, then it's going to be your responsibility and the weight and the burden is going to be on you. But God says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if God is blessing you with a spouse, he's already provided the provision for you guys and for your family. So God wants you to redirect and put the responsibility back where it belongs because a lot of times this is where the burden comes in. Money is a burden. But it can be a tool of a blessing if you allow God to work it in your life the way it should be worked and not looking at it as um, an idol, but you're looking at it as a blessing and as a tool that God would use you to bless your family and to keep you and to provide for you. So I'm implore you today to put the, the responsibility back where it belongs because a lot of times as men, you carry things that you shouldn't be carrying. You carry burdens that you shouldn't be carrying, Right? Life is hard enough. We don't need to add to it, right? And when I say hard, I don't mean hard in terms of we walking in uh, uh, defeat. I mean, there's going to be challenges along the way, right? We don't want to add to it. We want God to bless it, right? So we look at um, Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel was married, but they were wicked. And the Bible says, if you look at the story of Ahab and Jezebel, that she was wicked and she had a lot of influence over Ahab. Now, that didn't excuse Ahab for allowing her to be who she was, right? But sometimes a woman can have so much influence and it shouldn't be that way because sometimes a woman will use her body or to use the thing or children to manipulate, right? But in the name of Jesus, we're going to break that off today because some men have been so hurt behind these things and so um, uh, crushed and pushed down because of, of the children has, has been a conflict because you don't want the woman. So now the woman want, don't want you to see your children and that God says he's going to break that off today in the name of Jesus, because the, the spirit of manipulation and the spirit of witchcraft is trying to run rampant. But God says he came to set the captives free in the name of Jesus. I've seen so many men be crushed because of, of, of children involved in their uh, dispute with the ex-wife or with the um, ex-girlfriend. But God wants to break that off of you today. And there's no situation that's too hard for God. Just give it to him. God says, drop the charges, forgive and pronounce blessings over people and watch him work. It has to be done his way. And his Holy Spirit will come and empower you if you would allow it and allow you to rest in his glory and rest in knowing that he got your back. Because I have seen this time and time again where the manipulation comes in either with no sex or it comes in. But isn't it funny how we can have all the sex in the world when we're in the world and we're doing things against uh, what the word of God says. And then once we're married, we may have it once every two weeks. The devil is a liar because that's an act of worship to God when you're married. Okay. And the thing about it is, it's not all about that, but at the same time, that's a big deal because the Bible talks about not separating yourself from your wife and making sure that that area is, is taken care of. 
And a lot of times the enemy will use that as a form of manipulation, right? But see, this is why you want godly spouses and not to say everything is going to turn out perfect because if you marry anyone, you're going to have a flawed person. Nobody's perfect. But when you're submitted to Christ, it's a little, it's a lot easier when you're going in the same direction and you have the same values. But sometimes we don't even wait long enough to see if the person has the same values, right? We want to hurry up and get, get it done because we want to hurry up and get married because we don't want to have sex and not be married. That's the worst thing you can absolutely do. Take it from me. Don't want to be in sin. But I'm here to tell you that can run you right into Satan himself. I'm telling you. Be anxious for nothing. I buy everything. By prayer and petition, make your request known unto God. And the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Let the peace of God rule in your heart of Colossians 3. Let it rule. If there's anxiety, if there's fear, if, there's, if it's rushed, then chances are it's not him. Because God's peace will always be on something. You want to know if somebody's your wife? That's praying fast. Get with God. Separate yourself. Get with God. God will show you because the last thing he wants the enemy to do is make a fool of you. The last thing. And so when you put him first and make him a priority and telling him, Lord, I don't want it if it's not you, then he's going to show you what's in front of you. You'll know. So then we talk about the good things, you know, the good relationships we see in the Bible, which is Isaac and Rebecca. And I'm here to tell you Isaac and Rebecca, that was a beautiful love story because we know that the servant went out to find a, a wife. Abraham went out to find a wife, um, servant went out for uh, Isaac and Rebecca, and he asked him to give him a sign, right? And he, she get, he gave him the sign. She, she gave his camels water, gave him water, and that was the sign. And he made his way successful, and he brought her back, and she was willing to come back. See, the blessings of the Lord, when it's on your life, you see how when God is in it, it moves and it flows. If you begin to read the story about Isaac and Rebecca, you will see that she was a submissive woman and she went to where he was because God said that he was not to go to that land to, to live, that she was to go and come back to his land. So when you find that God puts people together, you will find the submission is already there. And it's not just the submission for the wife. The Bible says submission, not only the wife is to the husband, but the Bible also talks about submission to each other. So it's not about she walks behind you, but you guys walk as partners, right? And it's not about um, power struggles, right? It's not about power struggles. It's not about ruling over someone. That's not what this is about. This is about Loving her as Christ loves the church. What did, how did Christ love the church? He died for the church. So see, it's easy to follow somebody like that. When you know that that person is following God, it's easy to follow somebody like that. But when it's about self-preservation or when it's about self or when it's about, you know, me, 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 or it's about God fix her. God, the first thing God does when, when you go to God about your spouse is he points the light on you. When I used to pray and ask God, okay, Lord, touch his soul. God said, I'm going to touch you first. So God dealt with me first before he would even deal with him. 
And the thing about it, sometimes God knows that that person, only God knows the intent and motive of a heart of a person. God knows that that person have no intention on ever coming to him or ever being saved. This is why it's good to pray for people. And if you already married, it's a great thing. And then your lifestyle can reflect God, can bring that spouse, win them over, like the Bible says. But only God knows the intent if that person is ever going to come. And I thank God that he will provide a way of escape. Because when the, the way I prayed, it was no way that, it, that, that God was not going to bring me out of bondage. Because I submitted myself to his word. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And that's exactly what happened. So, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel, we know that Jacob was waiting for Rachel. He was willing to work seven years. And that seven years turned into 14 years. When you really know that a person is for you. God will give you the patience and he will give you the weight in you that he will be glorified. And Jacob waited 14 years for her, 14 years, because that's how much in love he was with her. When a man's heart is for God, God will empower you with the patience that you need for the perfect timing that you need to marry your spouse. It can be in three months, it can be in six months, it can be in two years. But just know this, no marriage comes without challenges. I don't care how people are walking with God because we all have things in us that don't even come out until sometimes until you're in a relationship where you're giving your heart and soul. And you don't even see those things until you come into a relationship. But God, because if you follow Christ, it becomes way easier than it would if you was in the world. That's the difference because Jesus is an overcomer. And if we are in him, we are over, we overcome, right? We are overcomers. So I think God has just wanted me to hone in on, this is going to be a short one. He just wanted me to hone in on being visually stimulated versus being spirit led not letting your emotions rule, not letting the emotional manipulation get ahead of you, not letting the visually stimulated things get ahead of you, but sticking with God because he's wanting to bring a lot of men from the background to the foreground because it's your desire to be married. Just like women have desire to be married, men wants to be married as well. But there has been hurt, right? There has been shame. There has been pain. There has been betrayal, right? And there has been things that have taken place, you know, wrong choices. But God says today in the name of Jesus that he's going to break that off of you. He's going to break off of the things in your childhood that is carrying into your adulthood. And I just decree and declare that you are a mighty man of valor. I decree and declare that you are honored and I break every word curse that has been spoken over your life. The word curses that told you you would never amount to anything. The word curses that told you you're just like your daddy. The word curses that told you that you will never be the man that, that, that God has called you to be. I just break every word curse right now that has been spoken over your life and over the life of your destiny in the name of Jesus. I release the anointing of fire, the fire of God and the warning angels to warn on your behalf to bring you in on that street call straight and to align you, your 
life with the purpose and destiny of God. For God has a plan, man of God. He has a plan for your life and his plan is always working. And his plan is going to arise and overtake you. The blessings of the Lord would overtake you. And it's not so much as what we did wrong, right? Because we know that the blood of Yeshua, the blood of Jesus covers every sin, past, present, and future. I don't care what your background is, what your status is. I don't care if you've been incarcerated. I don't care what has happened. I don't care if you, if, if you rape somebody. I don't care what it is. If you are in Christ and you have repented, then the blood of Jesus washes away every sin, right? And I thank God for the blood of Jesus. I thank God that he is not like man, that he gives more than one, a second and third, a chance, second and third chances, that God is merciful, slow to anger, but abounding in love. He said, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. So hold your head up, put your shoulders back because God has a blessing waiting for you. And he wants to deal with that childhood. He wants to deal with your insecurities. He wants to deal with every part of your life. Even those secret things, right? Those things that you think no one knows. Those private things, right? Those sexually private things. God wants to break that off of you, right? And he wants to strengthen your heart. That when you, your wife is presented, you will recognize and know. And not only just recognize and know, but you will be a blessing to her. That you will find favor. Hallelujah. So I just released the favor of God on your life. I uh, pray that the blessings of the Lord would make you rich and add no sorrow to it. For God is good and his mercy endured forever. For we're not perfect. But the Lord says, if you in him and he's in you, ask anything in his name and it shall be given. So be blessed. Go forth, mighty man of valor, with the strength, with the courage, with the warrior spirit, and pray and ask God to release the breaker anointing to break everything off of you, all of the traumas, all of the pain, and all of the confusion. And even if you have kids, I just speak the blessings of the Lord upon your children. And I pray that you would be a man, a mighty man of valor, an example. And that all of the hindrances, all of the delays, and all of the distractions is brought low and consumed with the fire of God. So be blessed and know that God got you. And go forward in the power of his might and be the leader that he has called you to be. In Jesus' holy name, be blessed, man of God. Amen.